Cochrane for all. Better evidence for better health decisions. Casey Quinlan here with the Beyond the Room team at the Cochrane Colloquium, hashtag Cochrane for all, talking to Christine Borgman and Irena Pasqueto, who just completed a fringe event, How and Why Do Scientists Reuse Others' Data to Produce New Knowledge? Background, Foreground, and Beyond. I can't believe that you guys stuffed that all into 90 minutes. How did you do it? We did it by giving a brief introduction, throwing out a bunch of questions on the themes of Cochrane, Trusted Evidence, Informed Decisions, and Better Health. We gave people a series of questions based on those, and the discussion could have gone on the entire day. First of all, let me try to explain you what I do at work. Um, So um, in our uh, program at UCLA, I usually say that we are sociologists of science, that we study how science is done in practice. So what we are trying to do is really to show that science is not uh, just a discovery process, but is more constructed. So we are really trying to show all the technical challenges and social challenges that are involved in the process of knowledge, um, knowledge production, to show that it's not this idealized process that gives you some very, um, how do you say, objective data that can be taken as face value. We want to challenge this idea, and that's why we are showing that basically it's very complicated to write a paper. Um, papers are arguments, first of all, right? They are, they have, there is all this rhetoric involved in how you make a scientific argument. And so that's what we do. Um, so for me, I guess the thing that really excites me is when I understand all these little factors involved uh, in uh, mm, in a scientific discovery, and I can show how complicated it is, uh, and I can and I have people understanding that and challenging their own assumptions uh, uh, about certain scientific phenomena. So, kind of like a referee. So, Christine, tell me about when you go in to your office. What is it that excites you the most to show up every day? Well, this has been an incredibly exciting research area for the last 15 or 20 years because we got in early of thinking about what are data in the first place and realizing that uh, the, the data just exists in the eye of the beholder. Anything around us could be dated at any time to anyone, and one person's signal is somebody else's noise. So just making sense of all that and turning all that noise into something becomes knowledge and information to people, and to do it in a way that we can work with scientific communities. So we have this twofold goal. One is we want to understand the whole scientific knowledge production process better and inform and improve science and science policy, but we also really want to help scientists on the ground. So we really, we partner with astronomers and biomedical scientists and environmental engineers, and we go to their conferences, we talk to them, and we try to help them do their science better by getting better uh, better control and better ability to, to exploit and interpret and make use of their own data and knowledge. This big push towards open science, uh, 
um, and you know both uh, funding agencies and the journals and also researchers everybody's really trying to work together to make uh, research data uh, available as much as possible and reusable but what we are finding is that reusing research data and repurposing research data even when they are available and very well curated to ask new research questions is really really difficult and hard to, uh, hard to do and it doesn't really happen that often and Chris, you want to talk about some of the challenges uh, involved in reusing and repurposing open data? Sure. So the, the distinction we're making between background and foreground use is on pretty much an everyday basis, scientists are looking at data they did not collect themselves to, to calibrate, to get baselines, to get comparisons. You know, are, are we in the right range of things? And that's pretty straightforward to do. It's when you really want to ask new questions and say, can I combine my data with somebody else's data to ask a new question about something of, of concern to patients or, or more general, that it turns out you need to know so much more about where those data came from, how they were collected, who's involved, and, you know, and much more about the patients. And that's when people really have to collaborate with each other mo uh, much more directly. So it's really about collaborating around the use of data. From a layman's perspective, I'm thinking that this could possibly, if the issues get worked out, accelerate discovery or accelerate rapid knowledge absorption or dissemination. Is that the case, potentially? Well, that's certainly the goal is to accelerate research by making more data available to more people more quickly. But to do that means that you've got to make uh, much larger investments in describing those data and in uh, stewarding them, really building the databases, putting in the time for description, the time for documentation, much more about how those data were collected and then it's a real long-term public investment in keeping those data alive over the long term. It's not just the data get created and then you stick them on a shelf like a book. It's much more a long-term, continuous, and very expensive curation process. So are there any groups who are making more progress in this area at this point, or is this still an emerging issue or an emerging opportunity? So um, what we are seeing is that uh, um, data reuse works out when people they come together and they create occasions for collaboration. So, for example, one thing is very important is to have the data reusers, so those who are interested in reusing data that is publicly available, to collaborate with the data producers, to those who create and produce the data. When you have an effective collaboration, when you have people who share a similar research agenda, then you have higher rates of reuse and novel analysis coming out of all the data. So the social collaborative aspect is really important to advance science and uh, getting out more innovation out of you know, all the uh, data that is openly available. Is there any way to remove some of the, the blockades, either you know, systemic, uh, you know, bureaucratic, what's, um, you know, what would be like one or two things that could start to break through and make this a much more widely adopted practice? 
One would be to invest much more in the bioinformatics and the information management as early in the process as possible. So if if you have an information scientist, say, working in the lab with the scientists, helping to create those data in ways that they're better described, then they become more useful over the long term. But that also means that we need more public investment in data stewardship, and then those data would be more reusable by other people for other purposes um, indefinitely. Is there any emerging data science study um, or, you know, degree program, et cetera, that you see perhaps helping make some of this come to pass? Well, we've had a program going at UCLA in uh, in research and teaching for the last 15 years or so where uh, we teach master's students in library and information science and, and information studies uh, to work directly with data and with research groups. And we send them out in the field so that they get experience wor- helping the data get made and helping the practitioners curate their own data and make them available for others to use. And we're trying to build a whole new cohort and generation of information scientists who are really data practitioners and partners. You know, the conversation that has been going on in the scientific research community, particularly, you know, the medical community around research and reusing data and people being called data parasites for using data created by other scientists. Can you walk us through some of that? Yes, so this is part of the politics of open science, which is something that we are observing and is definitely emerging. So I think there are two main approaches in open science right now. So how people think about using data that are openly available um, on the Internet and in repositories. So there is a group of the research, uh, part of the research community, who really uh, push for collaboration. So those who talk about the data parasites and attacks the um, data parasites, they do so because they want to promote an environment where you have, as I was saying, data users and data creators to work together and co-authorship the secondary analysis of available data, which could seem, as you were saying, a way to control who reuse the data, and for sure there is an element in it. But on the other um, hand, you also have to understand that most of these data are collected by young career academics, by young researchers. And right now, having a career uh, in the academia in biology or biomedicine is really not easy at all. You have people working on soft money on uh, small grants for 10, 15 years. Having like a stable job in academia is really hard and all these data are collected and made available by young researchers. So, uh, and for them to publish the analysis uh, of this data is the only way to advance and have uh, like a career in the academia. So when you talk about open science and data parasites and how this could seem um, um, maybe not a good approach, but at the same time, you have to take into consideration all these issues of invisible labor, as we call it in social science. Um, so this is one thing. Of course, uh, at the same time, we are seeing more and more uh, data parasites practices happening. And uh, to some extent, it is a good thing if, you know, depending on the type of data you're using or kind of 
what are the conditions and also if even when you use the data, then you attribute uh, a credit uh, to those who collected the data. And data parasite is also becoming, there are also competitions for data parasites that are, we are seeing online, um, that people can participate. Um, so you see like these two approaches emerging, those who are pushing more toward a competition, competitive environment, and those who are more pro-collaboration. So when you think about this distinction, I think it's important to take uh, into consideration that these data are collected by real people with real needs. Uh, we need to pay mortgage, <laughs> etc. Cochrane for all. Better evidence for everyone. Follow the hashtag Cochrane for all to get the science and evidence to empower better decisions. Thank you.